This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Um, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors conduct a media day um, to announce the beginning of the 2018-2019 season in which... We heard from new head coach Nick Nurse. Kawhi Leonard was indeed in the building, as was Danny Green. Masai gave uh, an impassioned speech, which is, you know, what he's what he's best at beyond swindling teams. And uh, yeah, we heard from several of the old Raptors and all of the new Raptors. So um, it was an exciting time. Uh, I'm gonna get to sort of uh, what went on during media day and, and also just sort of the atmosphere in the room. Um, but first and foremost, uh, it's, it's fun to be back for a new season and a programming note, the Raptors reaction podcast, uh, will continue just like last year. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be as immediately after games as it was last season. Um, but by the day, by the next day, there will be a podcast about the, the game that night. And, um, yeah, for everyone who's been listening and who has listened to all of these, thank you very much. And for any new listeners, uh, welcome to the show. And I hope you uh, keep following along for the whole season. So, media day. Uh, first off, the Raptors had Nick Nurse come in uh, opening the procession. Uh, Nick Nurse was, um, I thought... He was given a fair shot in terms of just a lot of the questions from the press, especially on a media day, sort of the more general press. Like you see like, you know, CP24, CTV come in. They're not obviously at every game, every event. And so when these sort of bigger outlets come in and more general outlets come in, um, a lot of the questions sort of, you know, start becoming more general. And so a lot of questions were um, phrased in a way that, uh, you know, really focused on two or three storylines, you know, obviously Kawhi and everything in terms of, is he happy? Is he, you know, does he want to stay here and stuff like that? Uh, it, there was a focus on whether or not um, Kyle Lowry still trusts the organization and basically just treating him like he's super emotional and, um, you know, wouldn't be able to cope without Tamar being here, uh, even though he coped just fine when his last best friend, Rudy Gay, was moved to San Antonio or moved to Sacramento and Kyle Lowry had, a, you know, his career blossom after that, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those were a lot of the storylines that were generally pressed. But I thought Nick was all right. Um, he handled it well. Um, you know, he's he really emphasized that his team is full of grinders, um, people who, uh, you know, he wants his team to be aggressive on both ends. Um, you know, he talked about his meeting with Kawhi in the, after the trade. Uh, one where she previously described like, you know, that Kawhi lit up like a Christmas tree, which, um, sounded a bit funny to me, to be honest, but, um, yeah, you know, like he's, he's, he said that he's maintained a commitment and communication to Kawhi throughout the off season as, as well as all the players. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't really give up too much in terms of how he's going to play. Admittedly, most of the questions were not about that. Like I said, they're mostly about general things like, uh, you know, is everyone health? Everyone is everyone happy? And it, it's sort of weird, but um, no, I mean, he's uh, the one thing he did say, which. Uh, uh, I'm working on this piece about the Raptors and their three-point shooting, and I asked him a question about whether or not the Raptors could see another jump in three-point shooting because uh, 16, 17, the Raptors attempted 22 threes per game, and then Nick Nurse took uh, a lot more control of the offense last season, and the Raptors jumped up to 33 attempts, and I figured, you know, could there be another jump coming with DeMar going out and Danny Green and Kawhi coming in? And, um, yeah, Nick Nurse sort of said he doesn't have a specific number in mind. Um, in terms of how many threes he wants to hit, it's sort of a you know give what the defense um, or take what the defense gives you, and the Raptors are going to focus on shots of the rim and shots at the three point line. And he said some nights they're going to give you the rim, sometimes they're going to give you the arc, and so you just have to take the looks. And he said that you know the Raptors do have more qualified three point shooters this season, um, also guys who made it at a better percentage, which I thought is key because. Although the Raptors were third in attempts last season behind Brooklyn and uh, Houston, um, the Raptors were not in the top five in three-point percentage. They were not. They were kind of an average team, and kind of to start the year, they were kind of a really, really below-average team in terms of percentage. But you add high-percentage guys like Danny Green and Kawhi, and you know that should lend itself to more three-point shooting. So that's a, that's about as much as Nick said uh, in terms of just um, what the offense is going to look like. After that, the most anticipated event pretty much of the entire offseason was, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard finally getting introduced and also Danny Green getting introduced as well. Danny Green is, uh, you know, if you've heard his podcast, is, you know, very well-spoken, really approachable, um, very warm individual. And he was cracking jokes and, you know, making jokes like, oh, yeah, like, I finally got to talk, you know, like, you know. Um, because he's basically been uh, sort of subjugated to being a Kawhi Leonard interpreter or anything like that. And, um, I, I mean, those jokes were funny, but, I mean, like, this was an instance where I don't think Kawhi needed anyone to speak for him. I thought Kawhi actually uh, did really well in his first media appearance in terms of as a Raptor. It's funny to think about um, all the hoopla and, and uh, hand-wringing that went on uh, the week before this where you got guys in the media, um, you know, talking about how, wow, you know, like people are not, the organization's not happy with him canceling and jumping appointments and stuff like that, which like, it, the scheduling just didn't work out. This It's not a big, it's not a big thing. Like the schedule just didn't work out. It's not, it's not uh, anything criminal or anything like that, anything out of line. Um, and I thought it was sort of much about nothing. It wasn't like he was going to skip media day, and he didn't. He came out, he, he answered questions. He was, um, and by he, I mean Kawhi. I thought he was, uh, he was different from sort of the way he, people are described. And, and, you know, like, this is the first time I've seen him talk in person. This is kind of one of maybe the first, like, three or four times I've actually watched him at a press conference give extended answers. But I thought he was, you know, thoughtful with his answers. I thought he was careful with his answers. Um thought he was obviously well prepared, um, you know, by the media team to address some of the questions about his future, about the team and about his level of commitment and San Antonio and stuff like that. And I thought he handled it great. And so 
um, you know, in terms of Kawhi's funny, his first words were, uh, I'm a fun guy. And then he did this weird laugh because he couldn't see Doug Smith in the crowd. And it, it was such a strange laugh and it, it became this huge viral moment, which I actually think is a good thing because, um, you know, I mean, look, first off, the laugh is just hilarious, whatever, right? I don't think anyone's heard him laugh. But the fact that that moment went viral, like, how many viral moments do you know from Kawhi Leonard? You know what I mean? Like, if um, his uncle and everything like that is uh, his his manager, um, you know, if he wants him to get more of a spotlight and, uh, you know, become more of a, a recognizable face, a recognizable star in this league, I mean... You need moments to go viral. That's sort of what it is in today's league. And if you're not actively creating these moments because you're not on social media, uh, and Kawhi's a very reserved guy about social media, then, you know, you need some of these moments to pop. And I thought it was really funny. Like, I thought there was probably more coverage of Kawhi Leonard and his weird laugh today from the press conference than there was about any kind of moment he had off the court in San Antonio, right? Like, where you actually see him and him speak and him... Um, you know, just him physically there, right? Like, when you hear about Kawhi Leonard, it's like rumors about him being traded, he's not actually there, and him winning finals MVP, which, you know, was was obviously a great moment, legitimized him, everything like that, but that was 2014, right? Like, it's been a long time, so it's nice that I produced that moment, but I thought he answered things quite well. You know, he said he's excited to be uh, coming to a city that loves basketball. He, he, he said it was a great organization. He was happy that Danny Green came with him, Um you know, he said that, uh, the, you know, obviously the fans in Toronto are very passionate. He's he sort of admired that from afar. Um, you know, he also said that uh, he's healthy, which is great. Uh, obviously, there was a concern there because he only played nine games last season. Um, but, I mean, all the reports of the offseason was that he's healthy. And, you know, today he finally confirmed that he is indeed healthy. Um, you know, he also said that uh, he's coming to Toronto with an open mind. Now, granted, he didn't say anything like, yo, I'm going to stay right now. Of course, why would you say that, right? He's, you know, I don't think he's even reached that point at all. But it seemed like in terms of his attitude towards the season and, and whether or not he's going to play, I think he, he definitely is excited to play. I think he has definitely seized the opportunity that's here before him. And, you know, him saying he's going to come with an open mind is kind of all the Raptors can really hope for at this point, right? Obviously, we knew well, that when the Raptors traded for him, uh, Toronto was not his preferred destination, right? You know, the list was already out there through the press, and the Raptors still, you know, decided to make that trade, thinking that they could, you know, try to sway him. And so, if you're going to try to sway somebody, that guy has to at least have an open mind about being swayed. So it's it's nice, and you know, he talked about you know the gold being championships, and uh, that you know he wants to win. I think that's the, he he thinks that's the best way for the Raptors, um, you know, to uh, you know to succeed this season. Um, he also there was also a reporter from San Antonio that was in in the building. He was actually sitting right beside me, um, Tom Osborne, and uh, yeah. So he asked him about you know you know how many lingering regrets about anything in San Antonio, and you know Kawhi said you know quote I have no regrets, uh, and then yeah he said he wanted to focus on this team and whatever the, the usual PR answer. But him saying I have no regrets I thought was uh, pretty savage, sort of just like right off the bat like I have no regrets about what happened. And obviously it was a really ugly thing and. We don't know the exact details of what happened beyond the fact that uh, San Antonio just couldn't really fully manage his injury properly, and he kind of lost trust like that. Um, I'm not sure what else went on behind the scenes, but you know, it was it was kind of nice to him for him to just kind of shut that down because um, it's probably going to be a lingering storyline throughout the year for sure. But uh, you know, you got to be able to be prepared to answer those questions and not create too much controversy. And I think Kawhi did that. 
uh, while also shutting it down a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, the other moment from that presser, so it was uh, Kawhi, uh, Danny Green, and also Masai. Masai say in the middle. Um, and there was at one point where I'm not sure who it was, but someone asked um, if that uh, – if – Danny and Kawhi coming to the Raptors is going to legitimize the franchise, which, you know, I don't think is an unfair question. I just think that it's a difficult question to ask in this sort of context because you're never going to get anything other than defiance. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I just generally I agree with the sentiment because there sort of has to be some sort of legitimizing because I think both the Canadian audience um, doesn't really think too much about the the Raptors in terms of just like. You know, they come secondary to other sports in the city or in, in the country, right? Like a lot of hockey teams are ahead of them in terms of a national. I'm not talking about Toronto, like a national perspective. Uh, and also in terms of even a local perspective, like the, if the Jays are doing well, generally they do better than the Raptors, right? So there's kind of a inferiority there. And also there's an inferiority because, you know, generally speaking, you know, the American coverage of this team is not. Uh, usually in a positive or, or even not even a positive but just like a serious light like they don't really see the Raptors as serious um which you know when you see what happens in the playoffs I, I get what why that is but still it's sort of a general um uh, issue and then you know that the reporter who asked the question also brought up sort of the history of um you know players wanting to come to Toronto and that sort of being a concern and I thought um Masai really did step in and answer that uh really well I think um you know he went on this rant which I think is really uh, worth checking out. Um, I, I think you can find some of these clips on YouTube or TSN or SportsCenter or whatever. But um, Messiah said, quote, the, the narrative of not wanting to come to the city is gone. I think that's old and we should move past that. Believe in this city. Believe in yourself. We can stop talking about coming to the city or wanting to come to the city. That's old talk. We want to win. We have a privilege and an opportunity to beat one of the NBA teams here. That's a huge privilege for us. And I think it's our jobs to try and uh, get these players it's our job to try and sell it to these players here, but we're proud of who we are. We're proud to have these guys. We're proud to have the young guys we have. We're proud of what Kyle and everyone has done here. Let's move past the narrative of wanting to stay here, wanting to come here. And I thought that was just a great little moment there. And it was actually eminable. You could actually hear audible cheers from sort of the background, not from the press, but people behind the press and stuff like that. Um, after Masaka kind of gave that speech, it was kind of like uh, if you watch the West Wing, you know, like he kind of gave like a... Uh, <laughs> um, like a presidential speech, basically. And it was kind of a rousing moment, you know what I mean? Like, Because I think he kind of did tell the truth on the Raptors fans, right? Like, part of it is also, like, I think us as fans, we're not proud enough to just have what it is, right? Like, maybe that's part of Canadians as well as just have this sort of inferiority complex. But he kind of put it all on blast. It's like, yo, listen, you're not going to be that guy until you believe that you are that guy. And I think that's a really refreshing take because... um you know, everyone's always worried about, like, what else can we do? What else? You know, everyone's worried about, like, I've seen, I read a lot of the reactions. And it's like, oh, man, how's the media going to chase Kawhi away and this and that? Are we too desperate? And it's like, no, man, come on. Just believe in yourself. Toronto's a good organization. They've, they've had um, really good success over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think under Vasai, I think it's, it has really changed the attitudes. So it was nice. He also went on in a separate uh, scrum to talk even more about, um, you know, just killing off this narrative and, uh, you know, giving it a fair shot and something like that. But, uh, yeah, I think in terms of, you know, not a lot of questions are asked him aside because he already did his press conference after the, uh, after the, the trade. And also, you know, he, he's one on the Woj pod and, uh, he, he, you know, he answered some questions at his Giants of Africa luncheon. So, you know, he, he didn't have a lot of 
things to say at this press conference today, but uh, when he needed to, I think he he delivered a home run. And again, if you haven't seen the speech, go see it because I think it was very important, it was very needed, and I think Masai being the one to deliver this message uh, really worked because he is clearly a very great uh, public speaker. And um, you know, I thought what he said here was really important. Uh, there was the Kyle Lowry interview after that, which, man, I did not see this coming, uh, because, you know, Kyle Lowry is an adult, first off, he's a, he's a full-ass adult, he's 33 years old, he's been around the league a couple of times, uh, you know, he's been traded, he's been, you know, shoved in, in, uh, down the bench, and, you know, he's, he's had all the experiences, right, so he's, you know, just all the highs, all the lows, you know, like, um, so I didn't see this coming, but every single question for Kyle was some ridiculous variant of, are you going to be emotionally capable of handling DeMar's absence? And do you still trust the franchise? And are you ready to work? And I think Kyle kind of was anticipating this. I think the Raptors media team was anticipating this. And so uh, he came prepared with answers, and I thought he was pretty well equipped to handle them. You know, Kyle is... Um, he doesn't really love doing this media stuff and he'll crack jokes and stuff like that but I, I thought he handled it well but it was just like question after question on the same thing about like are you going to be okay after Lamar as as if like this dude can't handle himself and, and I thought it was really pedantic to be honest for, for, for that to be happening I was kind of embarrassed in the five minutes that the interview went on where every single one was just you know Kyle Lowry sort of being a uh, uh, grilled about this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, man, he said, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he, he basically said that it, it, everything's gonna be fine, like, he's, he's, he's always, you know, uh, been ready to work, he's always been about that, um, he's not, um, you know, in terms of him avoiding questions in the offseason, he says every offseason, I, I don't talk to the press, and, you know, you can go back and check, yeah, Kyle Lowry is indeed not talk to the press or the offseason, you're not, entitled to get quotes from him during the offseason it's legitimately not work right um and like you know like just think about it on your end like if if uh your boss or whoever came up to you and was like yo where was this and you're like well i was not at the not at the office or i was not scheduled to work that day like is you know you would feel some kind of way about it right so if someone came to you on during vacation for example right so you know i thought kyle handled it all really well um you know he, he said he hasn't really had a chance to talk to nick nurse when i asked him about sort of, uh, you know, just sort of his role in the offense this season. And, uh, you know, he said he's going to see during training camp to see where everyone shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, in terms of him and DeMar, you know, he, he said he, you know, obviously him and DeMar, are, are, the friendship is bigger than basketball. Um, you know, he was actually on FaceTime with him the night before media day. So it, it was cute and whatever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he obviously he's bummed, but like, you know, he's a business, and Kyle Lowry has been a hard worker, and that's that's sort of what he's talked about, despite the fact that he's been grilled about it nonstop. So, I, I hopefully that media that narrative dies because that one's just really unfair. I just think that like I think Kyle can definitely handle himself. Um, and then yeah, in terms of the other things, I mean, Van Vliet spoke. Uh, you know, typical stuff. You know, he's uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be too much of a change in his role or things like that. Um, you know, he, he talked about uh, the culture is still going to be the same, but the, the thought process of how we do things um, is going to be a lot different under Nurse uh, as opposed to Casey. And, uh, you know, he, you know, that's, I guess that's cool. Uh, I don't think he said anything too profound. Uh, I asked him about, you know, um, if Monroe were placing Yaka Proto on the bench unit and, and how that would affect the way the team plays because, 
Monroe is sort of a slower dude um, who isn't as active defensively and doesn't really, you know, play in transition as well as uh, Pirtle did. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Van Vliet's kind of said that, uh, you know, you know, the bench mob who were working in LA for the entire offseason, you know, Craig Monroe got to go down there and play with them a couple times. So um, Van Vliet's told him that, you know, this is how we want to play. We don't want to change that. We want to change ends. And if Monroe wants to get a couple baskets in the post, it's not an issue, especially since he's a good passer. And so he doesn't really sort of anticipates any issues. And he says that Monroe is sort of already aware of the existing uh, play style. But uh, yeah, I think he's, he's fine with that. And also later Monroe also spoke to the press and he said that, you know, he doesn't want to be pigeonholed as like a guy who plays back to the basket and stuff like that. You know, that's sort of dependent on his role in previous scenarios, which I, I, I agree to some extent, but also I, I need to see it first to, to believe it. But I mean, everyone's very positive on media day. Um, DeLon Wright spoke to the press, you know, talked about working on three-point shooting. OG spoke to the press uh, very shortly. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he said he's got an explosive in his back. And, you know, um, I, 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 I don't really see too much of an issue. Um, yeah, I mean, he said he's, he's comfortable playing either the three or the fours. He says there's no difference there. I, I don't know. It's an OG interview. He didn't say too much. And he said, yeah, he's going to miss Yak and Damar. He made a point to specifically mention Yak, which I thought he was nice because everyone's really focused on the Damar aspect. For that bench unit, you know, uh, Yak was actually a, a pivotal piece, I thought. Um, you know, uh, DeLon, yeah, DeLon said he's working on off-dribble threes uh, and also his size. I thought DeLon looked a little bit bigger, too, like in a good way, like, you know, like, um, more prepared to play other positions, which I think is important. He, you could definitely see him playing more threes. I think it's 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 really trending for him to do that, and it's it's, it's a really nice skill set to have. And, um, because, yeah, if you can play one, two, and three, that's, that's a very versatile player, and the Raptors have given him the position and the freedom to do so. JV came through, um, looking trim. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he, uh, he, he said it was weird that uh, DeMar and Casey are not there anymore, you know. Um, those are the two guys that, uh, he, he, he first met when he got here. And so, you know, he said it's sad, but you know, he's part of the business, you know, he, he called Nick Nurse a great coach, which is nice because, uh, out of all the guys, Nick Nurse has probably worked the closest with JV and the entire coaching staff. And so, uh, I'm sure JV's thrilled that, uh, you know, Nick was the guy, um, you know, yeah. I mean, he, he also said that he hated, he hated to talk about it, but he said, quote, it is a better team. And, uh. You know, you still got to go out there and show it. And you still got to go out there and prove it. And you can talk, but uh, yeah, on paper, you know, we have a really good team on paper. All the all the positions are great shooters. Not bad in the center position. You know, uh, we can do big things. That we're, how we're going to prove that, right? So I think that was really nice because I think for the most part, the Raptors are sort of being reserved when asked about sort of how they compare and stuff like that. A lot, a lot of like on paper talk, obviously, because they're not as familiar with each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. On paper, they improved, and I, I like that JB kind of said that out loud. Uh, Serge Ibaka came through, uh, talked about his cooking show, talked about how he had uh, everybody from the Raptors over at his house, uh, you know, the night before media day, <laughs> after they were grilling him about, you know, him not inviting and stuff like that. So, you know, he says that it was, it was really funny, and I, based on that, it sounds like, you know, he might have had all of them over for the cooking show, which would be a phenomenal episode if we saw basically the Last Supper, except with, uh, instead of bread and wine, it's like worms and, uh, I don't know, based on this show, it, it could be some crazy stuff that they're drinking, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, Serge seemed pretty refreshed, seemed pretty happy, pretty warm with the media, actually. And he talked about also, you know, working on his face-up game a little bit. And, you know, he's really looking to be more of an impactful defender uh, in the paint. Um, you know, he, Nick Nurse has told him to be more aggressive on offensive rebounds, which I think is uh, a definitive change from what Dwayne Casey had them do, which is sort of more run back on defense. Um, whether Serge can actually deliver with that or not, you know, whatever. But, I mean... Serge definitely wasn't going for offensive rebounds last season, so that will be a bit of a change. And uh, yeah, so I, mean, I don't know. Serge seemed pretty energetic, pretty happy. CJ Miles always energetic, always happy. You know, talked about a ton of things. Uh, you know, nothing too much. You know, he he. One thing he did mention was that the Toronto uh, culture is a lot about about family, and he talks about how all the players do things together. Everyone's really unselfish, and uh, it's about making uh, you know creating wins. And you know, um. That's just nice to hear, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, who else? Monroe showed up. Like I said, I mean, the biggest thing was just that he thinks he's going to fit fine with the second unit and he doesn't want to be pigeonholed into his role. But uh, he sounds like he thinks he's going to be the backup center. He's been told he's going to be a backup center. And uh, I'm sure the Raptors can give him a, an ample shot to, to sort of fill there. But uh, I've said on this podcast before, uh, I ultimately think that the Raptors sort of resolve the front court issue by... Um, maybe splitting up Ibaka and, and, and JV and putting Ibaka as the bench center. And if that's the case, then Monroe is going to have less opportunities. But I'm sure they'll give him an opportunity first to prove himself throughout media, or sorry, throughout training camp that starts in Vancouver on Tuesday uh, and sort of go from there because, you know, you want to give everyone a fair shot. And he did take the minimum to come to Toronto. So you got to at least just give him a, a, ch- a man the chance to earn his money before taking it away from him. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how he looks in that role. Um, you know, I think... He's uh, definitely a very skilled player, um, you know, and sort of a better half-court player than what the Raptors had offensively last season in terms of the bench unit. Um, but there are some fit issues, and despite the fact that Van Vliet and also uh, Monroe said it wasn't an issue, I still need to see it on the court. Anyway, that does it for uh, Media Day. Uh, like I said earlier, on the start of the show, you know, the Ration Podcast will be back throughout the season. Um, please don't come at me if the, the show doesn't always come out after the game i mean you know it's gonna be very busy uh I, you know i also write at the score as well and you know we got a new role there and so uh that's obviously gonna always gonna take precedence over anything i do on the podcast but you know i, I love the podcast i really appreciate everyone supporting the show uh actually now that the show's back on i got a reminder that uh yeah i still got that patreon page if you, if, if ever you guys want to contribute or whatever um you know i think it's just it's just giving people an opportunity to, you know, if you want to show support for the show, you can. It's not absolutely not necessary. Uh, the show's going to be there regardless of whether or not you guys, uh, you know, put the Patreon funds out there. But I really do appreciate those. And, uh, you know, 10 Things, Reaction Podcasts, you know, that's it's kind of the lane I've carved out for myself in doing this Raptor stuff. And I, I kind of love doing it because it's actually real easy um, for me because I'm always watching these games. I'm always, uh, you know, got 10 minutes to talk about it. And I've, I've always taking game notes basically for myself so uh, i you know might as well just format them a little bit publish them and, and do this podcast and i love doing it so thanks to everyone for listening and the raptors basketball baby we're back